Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. It's always an honor, always a privilege, praise God, to bring the Word of God to you. We're just so grateful that you're listening in, that you're watching, praise God, whether it's by Vimeo, podcast, hallelujah, whatever it is. We're just grateful that you're connecting with us, praise the Lord. Today, once again, we're going to jump right back into the Word of God. We're going to go to Romans 8 once again. Again, my favorite chapter, praise God. We're going to talk again about aiming the mind and just a little bit, maybe kind of take it at a little bit different angle today just to kind of, in a sense, maybe open the eyes of our understanding about some things, all right? So hopefully you got an ear to hear today, praise God. All right, so Romans 8, and uh, let's see, I'm going to go to verse 5 once again. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, where you set your mind is how you're going to live or what you're going to live according to, all right? goes on. Uh, but those who live according to the Spirit, or in other words, by the Spirit or in line with the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, in other words, their mind is set on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Of course, talking about two roadways, so to speak, in other words, you set your mind on things above, amen, then you're going to be on a roadway of life and peace. Of course, that's what we've kind of dove into that several weeks in a row here. Um, you put your mind on the things of this natural realm, of this flesh, earthly realm. What happens is you're going to live according to that. But the problem with that is you're on a different road, and it's a road of ruin, despair, chaos, death. That's what that word refers to. Now, nobody wants to be a part of that mess. And it goes on to say, then, verse 7 says, because the carnal mind, in other words, a mind that's set on things of this natural realm, in other words, somebody that's going to sit, aim their mind, set their mind, that's what that word set means, uh, on things of this natural realm, what happens is, it says, it's going to be enmity against God. In other words, it's going to war against God. That's what that word means. I mean, it's fighting against God. In other words, God's trying to help, trying to lead, trying to guide, but the problem is, your mind is too set on natural things, so now uh, the only thing leading you, in a sense, which is going to be a key word today, the only thing leading you is what's going on in this natural realm, all right? So it's, it, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God or the, uh, the rule or the order of the principles of God, nor indeed can be. He's making it pretty clear. So if your mind's down here, there's no way that God can lead you when you're too busy being led by natural things. Now, the word subject to the law, the word subject means reflects to obey. In other words, you're not, you're not as apt to uh, you know, yield to that, submit to that. You're not as apt to, when, when, you, when you get a word from God or something, you're apt to, to move toward that. You're too busy being more led uh, you know, uh, down here. All right. So anyway, that's how this thing works. So back up here again, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds, verse 5, set their minds on the things of the flesh. As we've been bringing out, you know, attention determines direction. So where you put your attention is going to determine a direction. Okay, it determines what road you get on. And I think, you know, several weeks there, I kind of talked about, you know, the whole purpose of getting on the right road is so that God can help navigate you through everyday living. Okay, and uh, you end up on a, on a road that's got, Life and peace, amen. It's got abundant life, that word zoe life, amen, absolute life, free from the curse, from darkness, from, from death, amen. And, uh, you know, peace being a word that means uh, wholeness or completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, one, or one uh, definition I've heard for that. 
It also means to bring back to one, which means to bring back into divine order the way it was designed to be. So that word life and peace, amen, is definitely, were, or definitely a road you want to be on, amen. So with that said, last week we talked about out of Proverbs 23, and we talked about, um, you know, as a man thinks within or thinks in his heart, I mean, so he is, so he becomes, so he exists. And we talked about, you know, uh, that the word think there is referring to a gate that gets open. Uh, you know, you open up a doorway or a gate. Okay, so every time you open up and let certain thoughts in, it's going to determine some things. Now, we never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. I mean, there are thoughts that fly by once in a while. We get that, and it happens all through the course of a day, and that don't mean that that's going to determine your life. But it's the ones that you open up and let in, that they begin to build and grow, and now it becomes a predominant thought, becomes now a pattern of thinking, a mindset. You know, it becomes this... Um, the word I think I, we found out in um, 2 Corinthians in 10 uh, talks about a stronghold, okay? It was another word we, we talked a little bit about. And that's what ends up happening. So pretty soon now you're living according to that because you've set your mind, you aimed your mind, you entertained your mind with that kind of thinking. And now it becomes literally a predominant way of thought. And now God can't even lead you because you're too busy being dominated by a natural way of thinking. All right, so that's really what we, we dove into uh, quite a lot. Um, a couple weeks back in the area of talking about, uh, about taking every thought captive, I just want to toss this out one more time, okay, and that is, uh, I think I've said it for a couple weeks straight now, but that is this. If you don't take your thoughts captive, they will take you captive. And that's a promise. I'm telling you, that's, that's from the Word of God. That's exactly what He's saying here, all right? So with that said, today we're going to dive into the book of Matthew, all right? So Matthew, and we're going to go to Matthew 16, Matthew 16, and um, I probably in the very beginning of this series, um, I kind of mentioned this text, but I don't think I actually went to it, so, but today... Um, I just kind of felt in my heart that I needed to go to this text, um, you know, kind of how a lot of stuff is around here. I, don't, I never really know from time to time whether it's going to be a series or not, but this here turned into a series. And to be honest, I, I thought maybe we'd, you know, be moving on into something different, but I really felt in my heart I need to go back to this text today and take some time with it and, and then see what we can glean out of it today. Amen. Because I think there's just some, another way of looking at some of these things um, to maybe help us get a, a, a greater um, understanding, uh, perspective, amen, of this, uh, maybe a little different perspective that kind of helps us understand the importance of right thoughts, amen. So we see in verse uh, 23, I'm going to read that, and it says this, um, it says, uh, this is what Jesus said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Okay, that's our key text here today. But let's back up because that's a pretty blunt rebuke. All right. And you notice he says, you know, the, the key is you're mindful of the wrong things. And that word mindful is actually the same Greek word used to set your mind. It's the same exact word, phronio. Okay. But again, it's talking about, you know, in this text that uh, the reason that Peter's being rebuked here is because his mind's in the wrong place. 
All right. So let's back up, look at some more of this here. Verse 13, please, says this, that when Jesus came into a region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am the son, or who I the son of man am? Now, you know, some said, well, uh, you know, what John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And that was, he says, you know, what's, what's the word out there? What's the, what's the talk? You know, what's the rumors going around, you know? And these are some, some of the things that people heard, what they heard, and they said it. He says, but it comes right down to this, who do you say that I am? All right, that's pretty key. Because, you know, everybody else can have a thought or have an opinion, but, but who am I to you? What's your thought about it? You know, where are you at with this thing? So Simon Peter, of course, answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, you know as well as I do, Peter has a, you know, he's usually the, pretty quick to speak up. And, uh, you know, in this particular case, he gets the pat on the back. But, you know, in other cases, he kind of, you know, open mouth, insert foot kind of thing, you know. But he says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was the right answer, all right? And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, or empowered are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but... Amen. My Father who is in heaven. In other words, the Father from above revealed that to him. In other words, it literally pulled the cover off to let him see that, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, normally I'd probably spend a lot more time with that text, but I kind of want to move forward here to get to where we got to get to here. And he said, verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter. In other words, that word there is uh, Petros, uh, which means um, a stone or a piece of rock, and on this rock, which means, uh, this word here is Petra, which means a mass of rock, okay? So we're saying here is that what you just said to me is, a, is, is basically a, a massive boulder, a massive rock, amen? Now you, Peter, are a piece of rock, but you got a revelation or an understanding of something that's huge here, okay? That's what he's saying here. And he said, and on this rock, in other words, on this revelation or on this word that I am the Christ, right? The anointed one, uh, you know, uh, on that understanding or on that revelation, on that which has been revealed to you, you can, you can build a church on, you can build uh, the kingdom of God moves forward with that kind of understanding. He said this, that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades, come on now, or shall not prevail against it. In other words, it's a pretty good revelation to have. Well, and he goes on to say, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. In other words, he's, you know, giving an understanding of, of dominion, of authority. Amen. This, this understanding that I'm the Christ, the son of the living God, amen, is something that God can build off of. Amen. It's something that moves the kingdom forward, that moves the church forward, that that causes things to, to rise, that allows you to back darkness up, amen, with what you bind, what you loose, praise God. And it sounds, you know, it's all wonderful, right? He says that it becomes what? Uh, a keys of the kingdom, it says here in verse 19. Now, verse 20 says, Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one uh, that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time forward, here we go, Jesus began to show to his disciples, okay, began to reveal things, show them things. From that time on, okay? Now, we don't know the time frame between verse 20 and verse 21. We're not really sure. It could have been minutes. It could have been hours. Uh, it, could, it could have possibly been a day. Uh, I don't know. My guess is it's probably on the same day, but maybe, you know, maybe a little while later, he kind of got into some things here. But regardless, okay, he goes on to say, uh, he began to show his disciples that he must 
go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, he's getting pretty, pretty you know, open and honest about what's about to happen here, okay? It's not too far off uh, from this time frame here, okay? So he's beginning to explain to them what's going to happen. He's telling the news ahead of the news, okay? He's, he's, he's in, a, in a sense, letting them see you know, what's going to happen tomorrow, so to speak, before tomorrow comes. He's trying to show them. That. He's trying to show them something from above. He's trying to bring to their understanding uh, maybe uh, of, of what is about to happen and why it's about to happen, okay? And, uh, you know, we're just talking about, you know, uh, like I said, whatever the time frame was earlier here, you know, he says, who am I? Well, you're the Christ, the Son of a living God. You obviously pulled that from, from above. You pull that understanding, that rock of revelation out from above. You grab something from that unseen realm. The Father revealed that to them, amen, or to him at least, amen. And so all of a sudden, you know, he's saying, okay, you know, you grab something from a higher realm here. I'm going to give you some more stuff from this higher realm, give you some understanding ahead of time so you're not going to be taken off guard, all right? And so he begins to say, and in fact, that verse there in verse uh, 21, it says uh, that he must go to Jerusalem. And I thought, you know, I took some time and I kind of looked up a few of these extra words here. And this word must means that it is necessary. Okay. Uh, it is needful, a must or needs to be done. It is necessary. And it says as binding. In other words, there is no getting out of this. This is exactly what's going to happen. And I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen. In other words, it is binding. There is no way this is going to deviate. This is what has to happen. You or he must go to Jerusalem, okay? Now, hang on, all right? And suffer many things. And he goes, of course, not, nobody wanted to hear that, right? And be killed and be raised the third day, amen? So a lot of this right now is flying over their heads, all right? But here we go. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Okay, now I don't believe Peter was trying to be rebellious. I don't think Peter was trying to be rude. I don't think Peter was necessarily thinking he was a know-it-all in anything like that. I just think, you know, deep down, he just thought, dude, we're not going to let this happen to you. This is, man, this is crazy talk, man. We're not going to, man, we're, no, we're not going to stand around while somebody comes and, and takes you off and does things to you like this and tries to kill you. We're going to be right here by your side. I think I think there was this kind of camaraderie that was trying to rise up in him, you know. And uh, so, you know, here, you know, Jesus is telling him what's going to happen. And he, you know, he takes it upon himself uh, to, uh, you know, basically say, we're not going to let that happen to you. All right. Now, <clears throat> even though that was a sense of camaraderie, maybe a sense of um, loyalty, um, you know, brotherhood, However you want to do it, it was still wrong in this case, okay? Now, you know, loyalty and camaraderie and all that stuff, it's, it's not wrong in every case. In a lot of places, it's very right, okay? But, but right here at this moment, okay, it was off, okay? And, uh, you know, we're talking now, he's rebuking the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, just whatever it was earlier that day or whatever, he hear, you know, he gets his word from God that you're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. 
And now the Son of the living God, the Anointed One, the Christ Himself, is telling them of things that are about to happen, and now all of a sudden uh, He's not the Christ, or all of a sudden He's no longer the Son of God, all of a sudden He's somebody that doesn't know what He's talking about. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Now again, on Peter's behalf, I don't believe Peter was trying to be you know, bossy or rude or mean. You know, and it, you know, a lot of times you look at this, you think, well, he got the pat on the back just a little bit earlier. Maybe he thought he was, you know, hearing from heaven or whatever. Uh, you know, could be. Um, you know, could be a little bit of arrogance in there. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Could be. The point is, it was off. Okay. So let's let's take a look at this. Um, it says verse twenty three. Then again, let's read that verse. But he turned and said to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." For you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Now, I want to kind of look at that. Why, did, why was it so in your face? I mean, there was nothing about what Jesus said to him that was this mild-mannered, you know, meek in the sense of quiet and, you know, you know kind of a thing. He was bang. He was in the face of Peter here, okay? Now, the Scriptures, if you look at this, or I should say in the Greek, Verse 22, it says, Peter took him aside, okay? The word took uh, aside, now in the Greek, uh, it just uses the word to took, okay? Uh, he took Jesus, but it means this, okay? It means it's, it's pros, uh, pros lambano. Now, I don't know if you remember, the word lambano is the Greek word that means to seize what's been taken or whatever, literally to grab or to seize something, okay? So, pros Lambano means to take un, or take unto or to take unto oneself. It means to take aside. Here we go. Or to lead aside. Now that's real key. Okay. So what he did. Okay. Jesus is talking and literally uh, he he hooked Jesus by the arm, so to speak, and led him aside. Led him to wherever he could get alone. So you know, there's a there's some ways of looking at this. Um, number one was he didn't necessarily rebuke Jesus in front of everybody else, okay? So that, that's what kind of tells me maybe he wasn't trying to be rude or mean, but he literally hooked Jesus, you know, like by the arm, all right, or put his arm around his shoulder and led him, literally is what it means. He took him and led him to a place, okay? So he, here he is taking Jesus now and walking him somewhere to, to say this to him, okay? So, you know, we just think about that, okay? So Jesus is talking about what's about to happen, and now, uh, excuse me, sir, can I, I need to talk to you. So uh, let's, let's go over here real quick. I want to say something to you, okay? And that's what's going on here. So he took him aside and began then to rebuke him, uh, saying, far be it from you, Lord. And I don't think I need to look up rebuke, right? I think we all kind of know what that means, right? Okay, so he's... I mean, it's, it's not like he's being mean or rude. He's just saying, um, I'm not in agreement with what you're saying here, okay? So, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you, okay? Now, he gets the pat on the back earlier in the day, and he didn't get the pat on the back on this one, right? So, Jesus turned and said to Peter, okay? Now, let's look at this, okay? He turned, okay? That word there literally means, just like it says, he turned facing him, okay? So whatever Peter took him aside, 
It literally means he turned like and got in the face of. Okay? He's getting this real bit. We're eye to eye. We're nose to nose right now. Okay? I'm about to set you straight, son. All right? We're going to have, you know, we always call it come to Jesus moment. You know what I mean? Well, of course, it's Jesus. So anyway, the point is we're going to have a moment. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So he said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Okay, now, what does that mean? The word get, okay, here is a word uh, that means to depart or go away, which would make sense, right? But get this, it means to withdraw or to retire as if sinking out of sight. Okay, but now listen, it means to lead oneself under, okay? So in other words, there's that word lead again, okay? So here he is, you know, trying to lead Jesus somewhere, and Jesus says, uh, not happening, I'm going to take the lead here, all right? That's what he's saying, get behind me. This word behind me means a, a change of direction. It means get to the back, all right? So he turns, now listen, listen, okay, because this, is, this is what's all being said here. Peter hooks him by the arm around the thing, literally grabs hold, walks him to go, amen, tell him he doesn't agree with what he's saying. We're not going to let that happen. You know, at the moment right there, he probably thinks he's just being a good buddy, a good pal to Jesus. Jesus turns, gets in his face, and says, I'm taking the lead. You ain't leading me anywhere. I'm leading. Now, I'm telling you right now, get behind me. Get to the back, okay? And then it says this, okay? And he called him Satan. Now, there's a reason he called him Satan, okay? And a lot of times you have people say, well, was he really talking to the enemy? Or was, he talking, uh, was he talking to Peter? Now, the word says he was talking to Peter, okay? So we, we can't, you can't say that he, it said he said to Peter, okay? That, and it's very clear on that. He said to Peter, okay? Now, the word Satan itself, this word here, Okay, the Greek word basically is the same thing as, as the English word, uh, but it means accuser. Okay, so he says, get behind me, you accuser. Well, what's he, what's he doing? Well, he was accusing Jesus of not telling a, a, you know, a truth or, or telling a falsehood or not being, you know, being uh, you know, real about or honest or something or whatever, somehow or another, he was accusing Jesus of, of either lying or being off on his teaching or his thoughts. Are you hearing me today? Not knowing what he's talking about. You can throw any kind of thing in there you want. And you say, well, that's pretty drastic. But you think about it, okay? He pulled him aside to tell him what he thought because he thought what he thought was more or better than what Jesus thought when Jesus is the Christ himself, the son of the living God. And you're going to tell the Christ, the son of the living God, that you know something he don't know? Really? So this is why, you know, he turns, he tries to take the lead here. And Jesus said, oh, not happening. I'm taking the lead. You, accuser, get in the back. Get behind me. Now he clarifies it, okay? And this is what we're trying to get to today. Even though everything that happened was, was great and awesome, and now we got this moment, it comes down to this. He says, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. The word mindful, again, is that same Greek word that we've been using over the last several weeks 
And the word set, amen, to be mindful, to aim the mind, to entertain the mind, all right, to interest the mind. In other words, you given direction, amen, the mind then determines a direction. You are not mindful of the things of God here. You're not, see, earlier you got, you got, you pulled something from above and you were right. And you got the pat on the back for being right, Peter. But right now, you got your mind on natural things. Well, what do you mean by natural things? Did all of a sudden you just get carnal thinking? No, it's natural thinking, right? It's worldly. When we're talking about carnal thinking, we're not just talking about, you know, some evil thought. We're talking about you're locked on to natural reasoning. He's looking at Jesus thinking, man, we got a thing going on here, man. Everywhere we go, we got signs, wonders, and miracles. Everywhere we go, man, we're feeding thousands with just a little bit of food. Everywhere we go, man, we, you walk on the water. You're raising the dead, man. I mean, speaking to a tree and it dies instantly. I mean, man, we got a thing going on, man. We ain't going to let this happen to you. And you know as well as I do, you know, we might get to a text here in a minute, but Jesus even proved it. He was willing to die for this. I mean, he, he, he wasn't going to let somebody just waltz in and, and take Jesus. You know, he, you know, he really in his heart, I think he thought, you know, this ain't happening. We are not going to allow this. Well, it was wrong thinking. And the problem was he was too locked on the natural reasoning. So he gets this major rebuke. So the point is this. See, the whole thing is about Peter wanted to take the lead. And Jesus went about to let him take the lead. Now, what was it causing him to want to lead? Because of thoughts. Okay, because of wrong thoughts. Because remember, attention determines direction, always. So you let the wrong thoughts in. See, whether it's right or wrong, I should put it that way, it determines, you know, what's going to lead you. All right, what's going to determine your direction? And so it was leading him wrong here. Now, like I said, earlier in the day, he got the right, he got the, you know, the A plus, he got the thumbs up, he got the smiley face emoji, he got the pat on the back. I mean, yay, Peter, go, 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 right? I mean, said what was right. It was an awesome thing, praise God. But in this case here, he's getting, he's getting the rebuke himself. Are you hearing me? He's getting the, uh, the, the word said, get to the back of the line, son. That ain't happening here, all right? Now, however you want to look at it, the point is this. What's leading you today? What kind of thoughts are you letting in now that are dictating your direction? What's trying to lead you today? What's winning in the fight for your attention? So you have to see, is, is, is this thoughts, these things I'm thinking, are they direct causing me to go down a road I got no business being on? Or are they thoughts that keeping me on the road of life and peace? Oh, hallelujah. I hope you're hearing this. Let's go a little bit further back in the book here. Let's go to chapter uh, 20, 26, actually. All right. Hallelujah. You know, I'll tell you what here. Uh, no, no, let's wait a minute. Let's go back there because uh, I, I forgot to talk to about one of the words in there. So back to chapter 16, I'm sorry. Then we'll get to 26. <clears throat> he said this, 
uh, in verse 23. So I apologize, but I forgot I didn't get this part out. He says, you're an offense to me. Hey, I better talk about that. The word offense is scandalon, okay, which, which means, um, basically, it just means a snare or a trap that has been set, okay? And uh, it refu- refers to an occasion to fall or a stumbling block, okay? So now, I just wanted to say that because if you get on the wrong thoughts and, you know, it's the same thing, you get on the wrong road, but the thing is you, you set yourself up for a trap. And that's what the enemy's hoping for. Okay? So what Jesus was saying to Peter was, listen, what you just said to me, okay, okay, by saying what you said to me, it's setting a trap for me. And I ain't about to let that happen. Now, some of you might say, well, wh- wh- why would that be setting a trap? Well, you think about this, okay? Peter was moved by the natural and thinking, you know, this is my friend. Uh, you know, we're all a group here. We're, we're like, a, uh, you know, we're like a, a posse here, man, you know, hanging out with the sheriff, you know, and, and uh, we're not about to let anything happen to the sheriff, you know. And, and, and that, you know, so, but the problem is, see, um, Jesus didn't need that. He's letting them be known what's going to happen. And he said, it's a must that it does happen. So if I even remotely yield to anything you're saying to me right now, it's a trap that's been set. So I had to go back and, and bring that out because that's exactly what happens to you or me, okay, when we let the wrong thoughts in, okay, the enemy is trying to set a trap. And you need to understand that, okay? That's why I said it's an offense to me. It's, it's a trap to me, okay? I cannot give way to that. I cannot yield to that. Okay, anyway, now back to 26. All right, sorry about that. All right, so Matthew 26. Let's look some more about this. Uh, I'm going to go to verse, uh, verse 31. We're kind of jumping in here. Um, you know, we got the uh, whole situation with the disciples and the uh, Last Supper and all, all that happening. And then um, uh, Jesus makes a statement to them, talking to the disciples. He said, all of you, I get this, again, remember, the Christ, the Son of the living God, is giving you some insight, okay? Uh, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Wow, okay? Uh, For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the, of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee, okay? Now, here we go again. Peter pipes up again, right? All right. Peter answered, said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Now, don't you believe that? Was, I mean, that was his heart, right? I mean, I think, you know, his spirit man was, you know, you know in his heart, he didn't want, he didn't, he didn't think, you know, I, I would, I, there's no way I'm going to pull away from you. There's no way I'm going to do that to you, right? Okay, now listen. Jesus said to him, as surely I say to you, that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And we all know that did happen, right? Okay. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, now get this, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. And I just want you to, to understand, okay, they all said that. Jesus said, you're all going to be made to stumble. And guess what? They all were, okay? Before the night was up, every one of them betrayed him. You know, a lot of times people say, well, Judas betrayed him. No, they all did, okay? Uh, they all betrayed him. Okay? They all left. They all turned their back, in a sense, and ran, okay? You know, tucked tail and ran, okay? That's what they did, all right? 
It goes on, it says, And Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, uh, the garden there, and said to the, to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, okay, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed, okay. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here, here we go, and watch with me, okay. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed and said, O oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup uh, pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You can imagine it's probably a pretty intense moment going on here. It says, Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping, okay, and said to Peter, What could, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, here we go, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, I love this, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, okay? And that's what, you're, that's what we see, you know, in, in this whole thing. The spirit's willing. Peter was willing. This man said, we ain't going to deny you. I ain't going to deny you. Okay, I'll even die for you. Now, he even proved that, you know. Um, you know, a little bit further on, if you read on, you're going to see where, you know, the people come to, uh, to, to get him, and, and Peter draws a sword. And he's willing to go to, you know, he's willing to go to town with this thing, man. He's willing to, you know, take somebody out if he has to. And Jesus, again, rebukes him for doing it. He tells him to put it away. And he basically let it be known this. He said this. He said, listen, I, if, I can call, if I have to call down legions of angels, I can do that. But obviously I'm not. So don't you worry about it. And again, now listen, again, okay, what's leading you? See, it, again, it was natural things. Jesus, again, talking about what's about to happen, okay? And Jesus actually, you know, lets it be known. Listen, guys, before the night's up, it's, it, it, you know, things ain't going to turn out like you think they're going to. He's trying to let him know this. And, again, Peter's trying to say, listen, I just, I just can't see this thing happening, all right? And Jesus lets it be known. Listen, you know, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak, all right? And he says, Watch and pray that you don't enter into the temptation. So to me, that's a key. Okay, what temptation? Well, temptation to quit, temptation to run, temptation to, to betray him, the temptation to deny him, okay, the temptation to, uh, to not stand up for who you are, the temptation to, you know, slide back into the crowd and not be seen temptation. I mean, well, you can go all day long. You could say all day, you know, think about the temptation here is, is the temptation to not, you know, you know, do drugs or some kind of thing or alcohol or some kind of thing. And, and granted, you know, uh, you know, we're not necessarily saying that that's not the case, but the point I'm saying is this, that in this text, he's not talking about, you know, going off and doing something uh, carnal or, or evil or whatever. He's just talking about, listen, the temptation to run is before you. And if you're going to beat this thing, the only way is through, uh, you know, you watching and praying, being, being alert about what's going on, being vigilant to, uh, to, to stand your ground as an intercessor here and, uh, you know, to, to stand as, as one praying on behalf of another here. I mean, he, they just didn't get it, okay? They weren't, they weren't hooking their thoughts to anything of a higher realm. Now I'm trying to I'm I'm doing this on purpose because it says your your spirit is willing but your flesh is weak and I find that's where a lot of Christians are. Your spirit's willing, I mean, 
You know, if somebody says, do you love the Lord? Well, of course you're going to say yes, right? Yeah, I love the Lord, right? You know, and, and uh, you know, it's like uh, you get to the end of the Gospel of John, and he's asking, do you love me? He said, well, yeah, I love you. Well, you know, feed my sheep. Ask do you love me? Well, yeah, you know I love you. You know, well, then, then do this. He said, well, if you, do you love me? And by the third time, they're kind of getting it, you know, thinking, well, whew, well, you know, you're the one that knows everything. You're the one that knows. And, uh, you know, the point is this, okay? I think this is just another place here where the Spirit of God's saying, you know, where's your head? What are you, what are you connected to? What are you thinking about? Because your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Now, remember, what determines which direction you go? It's the thoughts. If your thoughts are of higher things, you're going to go according and live and behave according to the Spirit. If your thoughts are of just natural, carnal things that are going on everyday things, you're going to live and behave, conduct life. Come on now, live according to the flesh. That's what determines the difference. See, I believe I'm talking to a people whose spirit is willing. I mean, you took the time to connect, to watch, to listen, because you have a spirit that's willing, okay? And, and, and you made a decision to grab a higher thought. So in this case, you made your, you, you, you're not living according to flesh. You're living according to spirit because you made a decision to, uh, to you know, sit down, watch this, or sit down, listen to this, or whatever. But you know as well as I do that, you know, you got to conduct life and live life, and you got families, you got jobs, you know, you got things you're dealing with, you know, we got things going on, uh, you know, in our, our homes, our churches, our communities, our, our state, our nation, right? And some of you maybe out, are outside of our nation, but uh, you're listening or watching, praise God. You've got things going on around you. The point he's just trying to make is you got things happening every day, and if you don't watch it, some, you know, you're going along and all you're focused on. Remember, he says you're, you're mindful of the things of men, not the things of God. That was the problem, Peter. You let a wrong thought lead you to do what you just did, what you shouldn't have done. And he, again, he's telling them here in the garden, he says, you gotta, you gotta be vigilant. You gotta be alert. You gotta be awake. You gotta be connected. Because otherwise you're gonna yield to the temptation to let other things lead you. Now you know as this story unfolds, and you know, here he is now before Pilate and all the stuff that's going on. You know, Peter's outside, you know, warming himself by a fire, and there's a bunch of other people out there, and we know by the store that there's a young gal that starts saying, hey, you look familiar. Are you one of hit? No. So what's he doing? He's, he's betraying him. You think, well, you know, we all read it after the, after the fact, right? We're all thinking, well, what's, what's that boy's problem? There ain't no way. I, man, if that was me, I'd say, yeah, I'm one of him. Praise the Lord. That's who I am. No, you wouldn't. You'd probably do the same thing he's doing. Come on now. And I ain't trying to be offensive. I'm just telling you, okay? Because he's sitting there. Uh, we know in one case, he can actually see what's going on. Because in, in one of the Gospels, it says that Jesus 
when the, when the rooster crowed, that he looked, and he looked eye to eye with Peter. And that's what made him feel ashamed of what he did. And he recognized that what the Lord had told him was accurate. Now, the point I'm trying to make with all of this, Peter is sitting there watching all this go down. He's seeing something go down that is not what they wanted to see go down. They're seeing something happen here that is, in a sense, a scary thing. Okay? There ain't nothing lightweight about what was going on there. And now all of a sudden, because of everything he's seeing, all the thoughts he's thinking, I mean, I was even thinking as if you back up in the, in the story and you're seeing he's in the garden and he pulls his sword, he cuts the ear of that guy off, uh, you know, his ear off, and, and Jesus, uh, you know, uh, rebukes him, tells him, put that sword away. And, and now when we know in Scripture he didn't always say put the sword away. There were times he says, you know, you know pull up, it's time to take up the sword, right? Okay, and that's the truth. But here it wasn't time for that. This was not the moment for that. And he gets a rebuke. Now, the reason I mention that is I'm thinking of all these things that are probably going through the head of Peter at this time. Everything had happened in the course of that night. And, you know, in the garden, and, you know, the Lord rebukes him again. And, you know, come on. I mean, you, nobody likes to be rebuked. And, you know, when you get rebuked, um, you know, at least for me, you know, when the Lord gets on me about something or, man, somebody says something, man, it kind of cuts me to, to the heart a little bit. You know, you just don't forget about that, man. You sit there and you chew on it for a while because it's like, wow, you know, okay. I mean, so he's sitting there probably by the fire thinking all this and then looking over there and he can see what's happening to Jesus. And now all of a sudden somebody's, you know, pointing him out. And, you know, maybe his first thought is, man, I might be the next one to be pulled into there. You know, I, wh- you know whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, he's thinking, I can't fight. You don't want me to fight. And then, you know, because his whole thought is this, you know, that's what you do, right? You pull up arms. And he's thinking, I can't even do that. I mean, and I'm, I'm watching my, my friend. I'm watching him, uh, you know, be uh, beaten and, and all this stuff happening to him and being, you know, harassed and, and embarrassed. And, 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 and then, you know, I mean, you can imagine all the thoughts. And, and probably, to be honest, I'm probably not even doing it justice with everything that's happening here. And so now he's confronted. And we're just talking about a young girl. It even says that just a young girl was, was, you know, confronting him. Okay, it ain't even like there was some guy with a sword, you know, having a sword in his face there. Well, no, it was just some girl standing at the fire with me. Hey, you look familiar. You, you, I think you're the guy that was hanging out with Jesus, you know. No, I'm not it. Yeah, I know it was you. No, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm sure it was you. Man, you look just, nope. And then he even gets all, you know, kind of bent out of shape about it. And about that time, the rooster crows. And all of it comes to light. You can imagine the emotion. And he's looking in. Jesus is staring at him. You can imagine. Now, the point I'm trying to make with all this, okay, I, you know, I kind of came at this thing with a whole you know, different angle here today. But what's leading you? Now, what's determining your direction? What kind of thoughts are you meditating on thinking about? See, what are you opening the gate to and letting in here? Because they'll lead you. And if it's wrong thoughts, it's still leading you. But it's just going to lead you somewhere you don't want to be. And if you don't watch it, it may be a trap set. Okay? 
Sometimes that's exactly what it is. It's a trap that's been set. And the enemy's hoping that you take it hook, line, and sinker. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't say this to try to bring fear to anybody. I'm just telling you. That's why the Lord says, watch and pray, lest you enter into that temptation. You've got to keep yourself alert. Stay connected. In this case, you know, stay, stay, keep your mind set on these higher things. Stay connected to your God. Be alert. We could say in that same thing there, this is where you, you keep every thought captive. Don't let yourself get to some place that now it's leading you astray. And really, to be honest, in Peter's life, okay, you go back to the original story we read, he's being led wrong, so he hooks Jesus by the arm or by the shoulder there and walks him off to try to lead him wrong. And Jesus called it what it was. You're an offense to me. You're accusing me of not knowing what I'm doing or accusing me I'm, I'm telling you a lie or a falsehood or I don't know what I'm talking about. Get behind me. You ain't going to lead me. And that's just exactly what happened. And so I, again, I'm asking you, what's leading you today? What thoughts are leading you? What's determining your direction? Because attention determines direction. Hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for a people that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Thank you once again for opening the eyes of our understanding. Praise God. Giving us clarity about some of these things. Thank you for a people that have a mind set on things above and not on things of this earth. And Father, I give you praise and glory today. Amen for all that you've done, all that you're doing and all that you're about to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.